Hunter. I'm the minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We'd also like to point you to our website. You can see that, eaglechurchofchrist.com. You can find out really anything you want to know about our church. We'd love to, to have you visit uh, if you're ever in the area. Today we go into the second part of Philippians chapter 1. Last week we started with the intro, so go back and listen to that if you haven't. But we finish up chapter 1 today, and I think it's going to be another encouraging but also challenging uh, lesson as we hear kind of from Paul's uh, understanding of what life should be about. So again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast and come and see us. Ooh, I think we just ought to offer the invitation and go home after that. I'm excited to be here. I hope you are too. Uh, I really have been feeling an energy around this church lately. There's a lot going on. If you're new to this church, as you've heard this morning, we're, we're praying for this transition as we move from, uh, I've already moved from Baytown into Mont Bellevue, and we're talking about building, uh, doing all kinds of exciting things there. And uh, we just want to thank you for putting up with our transition, uh, but also we just want to invite you to come alongside us as we, as we come together, as we try to make this work, as we uh, pray to God to bless this. And we do want to, uh, to say we're going to, I think we're actually going to put up a goal of, of money to go towards the building. So if, uh, in addition to your normal offering, if you want to give towards the building fund, we want to do that. We want to start encouraging that and kind of lifting that up. And so we all kind of know where we stand and, and all of those things. Uh, but we do have a lot of things going on. I understand that uh, Jordan and the teens had a, a fantastic day yesterday at the Coxes, and so we, we thank Jordan for his work and, and for the Coxes for hosting that, and we just want to encourage everyone to get involved. Again, small groups coming up, and we couldn't be more excited about that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, for those of us who have been, been through some really good ones, we, uh, we're just ready for that. Uh, the last year has just driven a wedge between a lot of us. You know, we're so, we're in such an individual society anyway, and then the last year has really kind of uh, driven us more apart. And so uh, we hope that, that times like that will allow us to get back together and to get to know each other. Not just I see you at church and I know your name, but I know who you are and you know who I am. And so that's the kind of relationships we want to, uh, we want to start fostering here. Uh, so get involved. We'll, we'll start having signups. This is not going to be uh, one of those things where we assign you groups. Every church has tried that, and every church has failed at that. that it just doesn't work. Uh, because as soon as you do that, you don't realize that, that Sister A and Sister B don't really get along uh, or, or something like that. You, know, you just never know. And so we, we want you to form groups uh, that, that fit for you. We do want to encourage you to get to know other people that you don't know. Uh, if you just, you know... I'll just meet with my family. Well, that's, that's fine, but you can do that anytime. We want to encourage you to get to know other people in this church as well because uh, we believe, again, that a lot of people are coming to this area, and we want them to find a strong, healthy church ready to serve the Lord. And so when we get together and we know each other and we, we begin to form those bonds, that's what really creates a healthy church. And so uh, we'll be praying for that. Uh, that'll be coming up soon. I, uh, I want to, for one more week, I won't do this again, I wanted to kind of go through the introduction to Philippians. And as I already mentioned in the announcements this morning, you can catch up in chapter one of Philippians in two minutes. So if, if this morning you're like, oh, I didn't even know we were in Philippians. Hey, you can catch up right after service. 
no problem. Uh, and again, we've got a reading list if you want to do that. Next week, we're going to start in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to take about the first 10, 11 verses there. And so next week, start, be re start reading Philippians chapter 2, a fantastic uh, chapter there. But this morning, I wanted to, again, go back through just a little bit of uh, about Philippians. Now, Philippi is a Roman colony, okay? And so there are a lot of different things that go into Philippi that, that Paul wouldn't have seen, you know, had he just stayed around Jerusalem. And so we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about that. You heard Ben in his uh, communion talk this morning say, this is one of the letters that Paul wrote from prison. And this is just an easy thing to, to help you remember which letters he wrote from prison. Uh, Philippians, Ephesians, Philemon, and Colossians. And remember to give me credit because I put these in the right order. You want to remember this easily, Pepsi, right? Pepsi. Y'all's favorite drink, right? Everybody else? Everybody's so divided on those things. You know, Coke or Pepsi, I mean, it's, it's like uh, we can't be friends if... if the, uh, I like both, okay? So let's just do that. So he wrote all four of these from uh, prison. Now, again, as Ben mentioned, it's interesting to hear Paul write from prison and his attitude towards that. You know, what am I praying for if I'm in prison versus what Paul is praying for? And that's uh, a lot of this is a gut check when you go through Philippians. It's like, man, I didn't have that attitude. Uh, but these are the four that he wrote from prison. Uh, Philippi is, uh, again, a, a Roman colony, and it is connected in the Roman Empire called, uh, from a road called the Via Ignatia. It was the interstate highway of its time. And so uh, when Rome conquered all these areas, they had to connect them. Okay, and this, this road, as you're seeing there, and here's another picture right here, and you actually see the, see the name there right here. Um, I'll go back to this one. This one looks a little bit better. But, but basically, this just connected everywhere. So Philippi was on the, it was pretty close to the coast. And so you had a bunch of people moving into this area. Actually, a lot of Roman soldiers, when they retired, would retire in Philippi. So a strong Roman influence, when we go back and we find a lot of written things, it's in Latin. And so you get that, that Roman influence. But here's the road that made it all possible. Again, just... Just like we live close to I-10, there, there's growth, there's commerce, there's all these things that a road or a port or all these things. I mean, we should be able to understand what Philippi is all about because we're in a similar area, okay? And, and so um, uh, another thing that Paul would have seen is uh, this is the God, uh, the God, I'll just say that so you don't think I'm, I'm going somewhere else, uh, Dionysus. And in this time, people were really concerned with fertility, and so whether it was Dionysus or Diana, uh, which was mainly uh, women, uh, a cult of, of women, what they prayed to this God for was fertility, to have children. And again, we answered this last week, why do you want to have a bunch of children in this day and time? You know, uh, some of you are like, no, you shouldn't. They're crazy. Uh, especially when you, you first have that little one and, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I've got a 10 for every need, you know? Uh, actually, when... Uh, Evan got a little bit older, or actually, I guess he was still young, and I asked one of the, the ladies at church who had adopted us, and I just asked her, I said, Linda, I said, how does anybody ever have a second child? Because it is rough, you know, it's hard, you know, your life changes, you can't explain that until somebody experiences it, you know, they have to experience it for themselves. And she looked at me in the eye and she said, you just forget how hard it was. Like, yeah, that's it. 
But here in this time, it didn't matter because you needed children for what? Work, yes. So parents, when you go home today, just remember, that's what they're here for, right? For work. We need to get this, get this thing off the ground. We're going to start a business. We're going to do something. But yeah, they, it was very important because uh, just as, just as uh, we had you know, prayers for this morning of how rich we are. Now, you may not feel rich right now where you're sitting. Maybe you don't have a lot in the bank account. But, but even just to live in our country, you are rich because in other places of the world, if you don't have a material wealth or you don't have a family, good luck. There aren't all these systems to take care of you, you know, in some of the places in the world. And just by uh, where you were born, you have been blessed and you have riches uh, just because of that. But when Paul walked into this place, he walked into a place that wasn't necessarily friendly uh, to Jews or Christians. There was, it was already filled up with all of these other gods. There's actually a, a list of like 140 different Egyptian gods that was mentioned here in Philippi. So isn't that interesting? I mean, it is a place where, you know, you're not coming into the Bible Belt and just going, oh, I'll just, I'll just meet at all the churches of Christ and see what the, the Christians down there are doing. Now, when he came into Philippi, remember, he looked for people. There was no synagogue. You had to have 10 adult males to start a synagogue. There wasn't even a synagogue. And so what does he do? He finds women just outside the gate praying to God. And that's where he comes into contact with uh, Lydia someone who is going to bless his, uh, his journey uh, as he goes. And so he begins, he begins this work. Again, uh, we get stories like the Philippian jailer. And remember, Paul didn't even plan to come here, did he? Uh, we pointed last week to Acts 16. If you want to read about Paul's first trip into this area, you go back to Acts 16, and you read about him going, and he wasn't going here. He was, he was going somewhere else. And he said he receives a vision from the Lord of a man in Macedonia saying, please come over here and help us. And, and so he, he ends up going this other way. And, and here's where, I know this is small. I've got bigger maps. Uh, Paul was in this, this area. He was in Troas. And he wanted to kind of go this way towards Bithynia. But, but God told him, no, you need to come over to Macedonia. And so here's Philippi right here. And so uh, Neapolis is right there. That's actually the port, uh, port city of Philippi. Now let's zoom in here. And so Paul's over here wanting to go this way, and God says, no, you come this way. And so that's the way he comes. And I found one more uh, nice little map there. And so all along this, you see that road as well, the Via Ignatia. See how it connects all of these port cities. And so you see Paul as he goes from Troas over, then he just, he, he just stays on that road for a little bit before going down the coastline here. And so uh, that, is, that is Paul's trip into Philippi, a place very uh, diverse gods, diverse thought, and all of these things. And that's what we see when we see this letter uh, from Paul back to these people. He's encouraging these people because he knows they're not the majority. Anybody feel like you're the majority in the culture today? We know, huh? Maybe used to, you felt like, oh, yeah, well, most everybody, even if they don't go to church, might claim Christianity, right? Uh, my, uh, when I met my biological family, I'm adopted from birth. When I met my biological family, one of the, probably the third time I was ever in contact with my mother, uh, she was getting remarried. And I went to support her, and uh, the the chaplain, or I don't remember what the, Justice of the Peace, that's what it was. Justice of the Peace asked, said, do you want like a, 
just like a neutral service, or do you want like a Christian thing? And she says, oh, yeah, we're all Christians here. Now, she never really darkens the door of a, of a church building. But because of living in the Bible Belt, you know, so many people claim Christianity, though they're not really interested or connected with uh, Christianity. Uh, but that was not the case here. Paul is walking into a place that um, really has no interest in that. And so they have to build that from the ground up. And, and just knowing that kind of challenges me to say, would I have been a strong Christian in a place that wasn't accepting of that? Now, I think we may get that challenge more and more as the time goes on in our area of the world. But Paul walks into this, and he wants to meet people. He wants to give them the gospel. So today we start in verse 19. We're going to finish out the chapter. I'm going to start, uh, stop in 26, and we'll talk about the rest in just a few minutes. But Philippians 1, uh, verse 19, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is much more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me." Do you hear the, the, the tornness that Paul is wrestling with here? I, I want to focus right here, and, and Tammy put that in your bulletin today, the, the, this statement Paul makes that is so challenging to me. Because <laughs> he says, he says, you know, in the midst of this struggle where right before this, we didn't cover this today, but in your reading this week, what you saw was there are some people that are making Paul's life difficult. And Paul has to deal with this while he's in prison. And so Paul says, you know, everything, I know everything is going to work out. I know I am not going to be ashamed at the end of the day. So we don't know, are, are people just like trying to bring shame on Paul? You know, what is happening here? But he says, I know that for God, everything is going to work out. This is a man sitting in prison, not a man sitting in our area of the world with all kinds of freedoms, Right? And so he says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is, what church? Gain. Now, how many of us have this attitude? This focus that if I am going to live, God, if you are going to give me more breath while I'm on this earth, my life is going to be about Jesus Christ. And if I die, well, that's even better. Now, how many times do we, uh, would we get to something like this and we kind of get a little hesitant? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to go yet. You know, Lord, I'm coming, but not today, right? Now, give me a few more days. I've got to enjoy some things. Or we're so afraid of death that we, we keep, it keeps us from doing, you know, some things to, to reach other people, to talk about. I mean, we're, we're just embarrassed to even be told no. 
I don't want to tell anybody about the gospel of Jesus Christ because they may not like me anymore. Can you imagine the look on Paul's face if he was standing before us when we, we had that thought? Do you know what I went through for this? You know what I had to endure for this? And you're worried about somebody standing there and telling you no or thinking, no, you're not as cool as, as what I thought. But Paul says, for me, my life is about Jesus Christ. And if I die, that's even better. What will I choose? I don't, I don't even know. I want to ask you this question, for to me, to live is what? And to die is what? Because I think we can fill this in with a lot of things if we're honest with ourselves. For to me, to live is about having money. And to die means I don't get to spend it anymore. I am absolutely tickled that we have Amazon here. And I mean, you know, we had Amazon delivery at my house, but it took two days. That seems like a week now. Because I get on Amazon to buy something, it's like, hey, we'll be there in 30 minutes. You know, see you. As soon as I push, you know, send or order or buy now, it's a knock at the door. But our, our, our culture is filled with things that will kind of distract us from having this type of focus that, that Paul has here. And it doesn't have to be about money. Maybe it's about power. You know, you like your standing in life. Or, or maybe you've elevated, like, things over Jesus. Like, even, even our families can, can occupy spots where uh, all of a sudden, if we, if we took a step back, we'd realize we're kind of moving away from Jesus and moving closer to something else. And so I think we all have to answer this question today. For to me, to live is what? And to die is what? I think we can go a different way with this as well. For to me, to live is something and to die. Like I'm so focused on death and being with Jesus. You ever heard the, the statement? I think I've mentioned it before. Like to be so heavenly minded to be of no earthly good. You ever heard that before? Yeah, you ever met somebody like that? It's like, hey, we're here right now. That, that's coming, you know. And, and so sometimes we can be so focused on that that we, we're just like an escapist mentality. I'm, I'm gone. I'm ready to leave. And so I'm of no earthly good, but, but Paul doesn't say that. He says, to me, to live as Christ, my life has to be about something. We just can't sit around and, and just hang out. My life has to be about something, and that for him is Jesus Christ. We've said over and over from this stage right here, we cannot be people who proclaim one thing on Sunday morning and sit here saying, hey, we agree with that, and then walk out the door and be somebody totally different. My life has to be about Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that you don't go do other things. That means, first and foremost, your life is about this. And you take that with you everywhere you go. And I pray that's the church we are, is that we do take that seriously, that we do want to follow Jesus, whatever that means for us. Sometimes those, those choices are difficult. Every time we have moved um, again, if you don't know our story, Katie, when she married me, was marrying an IT guy. Okay, so degree from the University of Arkansas, go Hogs. Thank you, sir. And so we got together and, and we, we moved to a church that, that allows me to kind of get involved. And we have a, 
a fantastic uh, group of, of young married people that are really encouraging and challenging each other, start teaching, start preaching, all of a sudden start talking about, you know, going into ministry, and Katie's like, I mean, she literally said, like, I didn't know I married a preacher. And so it actually took an extra couple of years for us to both be on the same page, because the last thing I was going to do is go into ministry when she wasn't ready for it, because that would not have worked out well, because you've got to be ready. But every time we have moved, even for that, it has been difficult, but God has blessed it. And I hear that in what Paul said here this morning, that he said he knows it's going to work out, and it's going to work out for all kinds of people. He may not even know them, but I know it's going to work out so that the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed. And so many times, including myself, I sit in fear thinking about, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like the unknown can keep me from doing things. Well, I don't know people there. I don't know how this is going to work out. Are we going to fit in? Is this going to work? Am I going to get through? And God is blessing us all the way uh, to proclaim his gospel. The rest of this chapter uh, is really a challenge to the church. Uh, Verses 27 uh, through 30 here. Paul says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You hear that, church? I'm going to say it one more time because if you weren't listening, you've got to try not to hear it again, okay? Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith." Of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Some of that is encouraging, some of that is a little uh, anxiety bringing. Paul said, it has been given to you by God to have faith in him, to know who he is and to trust in him. It has also been given to you that you will will go through struggles for him. We are so risk averse in this area, I think, that it keeps us from spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ sometimes. That again, that fear of what are they going to think about me or what's going to happen or I might lose my standing in the community when everybody knows I'm, I'm really a, uh, somebody who loves Jesus. Maybe I'm growing into one of those people what I, that I used to think were like kind of Jesus freaks. I don't know if anybody says that anymore. That's like 2000, isn't it? A long time ago. The newsboys? No, no, Okay. DC talk. Okay, well, come on. Technicality, right? DC talk. If you want to look that up, look up. Jesus freaks. I mean, people, you, you look at some people's lives and you think, man, they are, they are really invested in Jesus. They really love people. Like, I don't have that. Like, they went and lived in another country for a while because they believed in Jesus. That must be for those people who are just the crazies. But Paul tells you that that there is a way that you should live for the gospel of Christ. And that the way that you live for the gospel of Christ means that struggles will come your way. And you've got to decide, is living Christ 
and his dying gain, or is living, avoiding all the struggle, avoiding all the hardship, avoiding all the embarrassment or whatever the case may be, or is living something else? And so that's the question for it. What is living for you? Are you just riding on the name Christ, or are you living it? Is it directing your life? And that's challenging for this guy sitting here talking to you. Am I going to live it that way? Doesn't just come easy for everyone, does it? I think a lot of times when we sit in the seats, we look at somebody else over there and say, man, I wish I had it like them. But what you don't know is they are struggling and they have to make decisions day in and day out about how to live their life. They choose daily this, that I'm going to live Jesus Christ. And so what I'm asking you to do this morning is to choose Jesus Christ. That the way of Jesus brings us freedom. I, I know when you read a scripture like this, you're like, man, I don't want to go through these kind of things. But absolute freedom is found in Jesus. And you know how I know that? Because Paul says to die is even better. Because you have been granted freedom and salvation by God himself. If you will choose Jesus. So I just want to encourage you this morning to choose Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Those of you who have filled out cards, I haven't gotten any yet, but I would love if anybody would like to, to come pray. We are a praying church. What I have loved about this church is when people come forward, other people, you're not coming by yourself. You better, you better pick a spot that's got some seats around you. And I love that. We're going to pray together. Uh, if you haven't put on Jesus in baptism, we'd love for you to do that this morning and begin your walk with him. Begin that walk today where I'm saying, now, I, Jesus, I choose you. So if you have any needs this morning, would you come as we stand and sing this song?